Today's podcast was made possible by Hey Grill Hey, and we'll tell you more about them later. Well, well, hello there. <laughs> you thought I was going to say something else, Todd, huh? I did. I thought oh. you were going to say, welcome to Foodie. Ah, I got hey. you to say it. <laughs> that was a trick. Now I have to talk? Uh, I was going to do like a bridge troll thing. Like I, I don't know. <laughs> we're on a podcast and you're like, do I have to talk? <laughs> I was trying to think of like a Rumpelstiltskin situation where like I cursed you. but You I try got... and get him to say his name yeah. backwards. The <laughs> <laughs> dot. Dot. Your name backwards is my grandma's name. Hey, the dot. I forgot you. You nailed the the two D's. Can we just call you Double D? Sure. All right. T O Double D. T O Double D. It's been shortened to T O Double by a few people. T Dubs. Yeah, I like that. T Bull. That's longer than just saying. (laughs) I don't like the idea that this is tread ground. Tread ground. Yeah, like the, like he's saying that people have done this before. Like, I'm pulling my parachute. I'm getting out of this. Oh, you're upset? Yeah, I don't like it. You have other people you talk <laughs> yeah, to besides yeah. us? Can't, I don't like it. I'm not interested. Sounds in, like an inside joke. I'm not oh, interested like, in recycling oh, other people's jokes. I'm about being you. creative, but I'm not. Is that what you mean? No, he was saying we, he feels bad like we're too late on to the party on well, this. Yeah. Yep. Okay, moving on. Yep. We have a special guest yet again for hey. the appetizer. <laughs> appetizer specialato Gabby Wabby is here. Gabby Wabby. Thanks for being here. I'll have Thanks for having me, guys. For an appetizer, what? uh what's what's your what? special? It's Gavin. Gavin's <laughs> the special. <laughs> what are we I'm talking about? What are we talking about? <laughs> Apparently we're Talk going to be discussing feelings. Okay. So, uh, not specifically feelings. Let me tell you where the idea for this came from, I guess. So, I'd appreciate it. So, yeah. uh, a couple of days ago, uh, we had a bunch of people at our house and we were snacking on different things. And I was, uh, my sister-in-law and I were talking about something and she was, she brought up this point about, <clears throat> it's weird how you can eat certain things, just go crazy and you're still hungry. And then other things like not right. And this is my sister-in-law, Becky. So hi, Becky. This is me calling her out because she's not listening. But I'm about to <laughs> say how I mess with her all the time. So that'll be news for her. Well, I, I said some stuff about why. Just like blew some smoke up her butt, basically, you know, to mess with her because it's fun. Um, but I was like, because when you're eating, when you eat to eat food and you're satiated or whatever, you get full. But when you're eating specific things, chasing a feeling, like why your mom didn't love you, you're never going to fill that hole, right? And that was just messing with her. But as I thought about it, I'm like, there, that's true, though. So I want to explore the, not specifically feelings, but chemicals. Like, what feelings do we feel that make us overeat or just eat in general? What feelings do we get from those foods? And really, we've touched on these things with uh, some of the flavor episodes and different things about like how sour release certain chemicals, whatever. I want to just specifically focus on that, those things, like what chemicals are released, uh, what foods are the best to eat for that, uh, and also like just the feelings that lead to us eating and overeating. I don't know. Maybe this isn't as interesting of a topic to you guys, but I have, you know, I've definitely been guilty of overeating throughout my life. Uh, 
I still do uh, it, but at one point I weighed a lot more because I had a real problem with food. So, and I don't really know what's different now. I'm just really interested in this. So, I don't know. Is it too weird of a topic, or you guys interested in going forward with this? I don't know exactly where we'll go with this, but it might be worth a disclaimer that this there could be like touchy subjects in this that could like oh we're not gonna like talk. overeating is kind of like could be like problematic and like filling this hole that you're. <laughs> you know, like just like just a little disclaimer, like, hey, there could be some sensitive material. I mean, we're here. I don't That's think I don't know. we're not going to get into the deep Maybe childhood trauma for to. why <laughs> I can't I'm not going to tell you why I'm not going to tell you why I can't stop eating M&M's. I'm not going to tell you what caused the feeling. Just maybe the feelings. Maybe. You know what I'm saying? We're not we're not going to get into the therapy of it all. Is what I'm saying. Oh, OK. One Never of the things me. that kills me. Forget everything I said. When I am no, it's a good like point. binge eating something, whether, you know, depending on my state of mind and or body, uh, like texture, I found these um, Ritz crisps, like light and crisps. The the way that like I'll just like chew on them like a, like a chipmunk or something and I'll just like, the way that I'm able to eat them I will eat so many of them because when I get in that mindset, I just keep going. Yeah. This is something I didn't mm-hmm. think about at all beforehand, but you mentioning those specifically makes me think of this is aside from the texture, they're very light and airy, right? Yeah. So you can pound through a whole bunch of those and not feel like you ate a lot. Oh, yeah. And I wonder, like, I don't, we're not going to possibly learn everything there is to know about all the people and companies doing things specifically capitalizing on that. But I want to understand this better because if you don't understand it, then you're just going to keep falling victim to that. Right. And I, when I say you, I mean me. No. Yeah. But for sure, like, because they're so light, all I focus on is the experience of eating a single chip and I eat them all in a very specific way. Yeah. And then next thing I know, I've gone through half a bag in one sitting and I'm like, Oh yeah, I was like watching what I eat and now I've I've consumed so many calories because of just how this how this eats. Yeah. How it feels and how I'm feeling when I'm doing it that now it's too far gone. That's that's really interesting, I think. Um I've, I've I hate to admit this, but I've definitely run into a situation similar to what you're talking about before like the thing that makes me stop eating is not that I'm full or anything like that, it's the realization that I'm going to want to do this again tomorrow and I'm running out of the thing I'm eating. Like, it's preservation for the next day more than anything. I totally agree with that. (laughs) And I also think that there's a part of me that it's either that or I just get bored of eating. Yeah. Like, I've been doing it for so long that I'm like, I am ready to do something else with my time and (laughs) or my hands or, you know, whatever. That makes sense. Could we tie in, because you're talking about like chemicals and stuff, right? Like, like just appetite in general. So yeah, like it's crazy how sometimes you are just, you're, you're starved. Your body's saying, "I need nutrients. I need carbs. Whatever. I need energy." But something can happen. Like you get a a weird like the other day it was I was starving and then the first bite of of this my wife had made this amazing meal but she used this kind of like just hamburger that was just randomly in the freezer that she defrosted. I don't know where it came from, but like, I got like a super bony, like a, yeah, yeah. but a super bony or gristly chunk in the first bite. 
and my appetite just disappeared and I didn't want to eat any more. That happens to me all the time, specifically when I'm eating chicken from, um, you know, random food places. Whenever I get like a grisly bit of chicken, it's over. Yeah. I'm, I'll take, I hope it's my last bite because yeah. I mean, it's going to be my last bite. But I'm hoping it's way later in the meal because as soon as I start chewing on that, I have a real problem with chewing the fat and or eating fat in general. But that texture for sure will turn me off and kill my appetite immediately. But like your body still needs to eat, but just all of a sudden it's like, no, no more. Yeah, because it's, there's, it's, I mean, a lot of this is mental, right? So it's just weird how our brain and the chemicals can control that kind of stuff. It doesn't, I want to, it's, I guess, basically just the psychology behind it a little bit and the chemicals specifically. So whatever you talking about that reminded me, uh, when I was younger, we used to go to this, there was a Chinese place in town where we grew up. That's not there anymore. Uh, but they had sweet and sour pork and it was, there's different ways to get sweet and sour pork, but this came like already in the sauce. Everything was all mixed together. That was the dish. Right. And my family ate there quite a bit for different family gatherings or whatever. We'd always get that place and we loved it. And one day I had it reheated and something wasn't right with it, the way it remixed and I could never eat it again. I I still have trouble eating sweet and sour pork. I really think that I have had the same exact experience. I reheating things changes the texture of it depending on, I mean, it's going to be microwave for most of us. And so it's soggy and gross and and weird, but yeah, that texture it kills it. it so you it, can't it, even eat the fresh original one anymore. I can't. I can't go back to it. I've never really been able to. When we get it where it's like the fried pork, and then you have the sauce that you can pour on it yourself, I can still do that. But when it's a premixed thing, we just recently got Chinese food from a place here in town, and that's the way that it came. And I was like, well, you guys enjoy that. I can't touch it anymore. I don't know. It's just, it's a weird thing how we get these blocks. That's weird. No, yeah. it is weird, but I totally get what you're saying. Um, I love sweet and sour pork, like a lot. <laughs> oh, I'm not, I'm not saying that I don't love it, but I have gone through the experience of reheating it where I'm eating sweet and sour sponge pork, mm-hmm. and it, it kills the idea of the original. It ruins what like it could be. Because in my brain, it's like, this is what this is. And then it just is, is over from there. Yeah. I, and I'm sure I've had other bad food experiences where I was just off it for a while and came back. But for some reason, that one just really stuck. So, um, One of the things, I actually wrote down some questions because uh, I knew I would forget them. Um, why do you guys, this is kind of broad and maybe we haven't put enough thought into this to be able to answer it, but it's something we can dive into later in the main course as well. But like, what reasons do you eat when you're not for hunger? You know, there's obviously boredom. Like I'm here and there's some food here, but sometimes I've like eaten to like chase a feeling. Like I love sour candy and I just love that burn. So I'll just keep eating sour candy. So it's not or like eat or hot, really hot food, right? So it's like just a, like something for a really physical yeah, reaction, like You're, to chase a chase a the specific thing, the chase an extreme, doing right? Like a hot, like a spicy, yeah. Food. Just like chase that high, right? Chase that really powerful experience. That makes sense. I think, and then you just need to keep getting hotter and hotter and hotter, but you don't like you don't actually notice the difference that it's getting hotter because you're capped out, basically. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. You ever get there? Yeah. You're oh just yeah. Chasing the main maintenance of yeah. that feeling. 
Yeah, I've found that I've, I've discovered this recently about myself because Susie has been leaving on like girls trips and stuff for days at a time. And she completely shifts her focus away from me and we're together a hundred percent of the time. Mm -hmm. So like she's just shifts her focus to her friends. And so it's like, like she won't text me. She won't, you know what I'm saying? It's really hard to, yeah, I get that. Like converse. Like when you're, I like when Aubrey goes somewhere and she's present with them, I'm like, Hey, remember me? I'm so needy. You shoot me. (laughs) I turn into a needy, needy baby. I really do. I get it. And so I, that's, I, when she leaves, I like plan out, all these like amazing comfort meals that I'm either going to make or I know exactly where I'm going to go get like Indian food or something like I, and I just have these like watch a movie and just eat comfort food just to calm my neediness, you know, like, cause I do, I get like sad. It's so weird. No, it makes sense. That's what I want to talk about. I mean, that's what anybody that's not eating because they're hungry is eating for a reason like that or in some cases what you're talking about um no but i like when i'm feeling anxious like anxiety or like even depressed about stuff that i really turn to food in those times like i just like like just screw worrying about healthy stuff just what's gonna make me just what's gonna give me the those quick like you know yeah. Happy feelings. That's what I was talking about with those chips. The way that I eat them, I'm so focused on the texture and my approach to eating them that I'm not thinking about anything else. I'm not thinking about what's going on personally, professionally, anything else. I'm just sitting there and I'm focused on just how I approach these, this individual like food item. Yeah. Wow. I didn't even realize I was doing that, but I think I just barely reflected on it and i think i was doing that and didn't even know it like just recently i started school and i was without my wife and i was eating like the freaking craziest junk just like yeah Yeah. horrible crap that i would probably not usually i mean no maybe i would probably with her honestly that's probably why i ate it no some of it is like (laughs) i know that if i'd eat it she'd be like really like you're eating that but i don't have to worry about that you know like like yeah i'm gonna eat that what (laughs) <laughs> you're not talking to me anyway that's your third Reese's fast break tonight I'm like well you're not here to tell me that so shut up mind wife mind wife <laughs> mind wife uh, it's funny because I've had a lot of arguments with my mind wife too <laughs> like well you're not here to tell me any differently so that's what I did <laughs> I like that yeah, so that's the kind of thing I was interested in. What so what kind of foods do you eat? I guess you said comfort foods, right? Yeah, the last Junk few food. times I I'll go buy a ribeye and cook my own ribeye and then make homemade macaroni and cheese and and sprinkle bacon in there. That's been like a thing. I don't know. So like really like fatty like comforting foods. And does it does it give you what you're looking for? Does mm-hmm. it fill the need that you're missing? Yeah. Hmm. It's short term and it's super unhealthy, but Well, that's what I mean. Like not 5 minutes later, like 3 hours later, do you do you feel like it did its job and you're good and you're not needy I'm anymore? Usually asleep. Yeah. <laughs> fair. Yeah. That makes sense. That's very fair. Based After on the meals meal like you've that. described. Yeah. It was only 3,000 calories. What do you want? No, I know. No, I would say it, it masks it for, a, I don't know how long, but 
long enough to like enjoy it and chill out and yeah take your mind off it for a while you know i'm just i'm interested in it from the i guess not just eating in general but binge eating and eating junk whatever like the long-term effects of it because that's i mean if we were doing this is a unique circumstance, not unique, but it's not every day that you're living like this, right? No. But if you were dealing with something, and a lot of people do, mm-hmm. where they're every day that's how they're dealing with it, then there's going to be significant long-term effects based on if they're eating bad or whatever, right? And it's going to cause a whole bunch of other problems. Like I dealt with a lot of those. So I just want to kind of get into, like learn a little bit more about that like what specific, I mean, neediness is definitely one anxiety. I think is a trigger type feeling for me to eat, uh, stress, whatever, where I'm trying to make a decision or I, f- I think I've definitely found, thought I would find answers at the end of a plate or something. You know what I mean? Yeah. So I don't know. I just think that stuff's interesting. Yeah. Mm. It's, it's very I, dangerous too. So I, there's a show I used to watch all the time called my 600 pound life. Oh my gosh. I hate <laughs> yeah, it's horrible. You just feel you just feel for these people, but it's so sad. They they meet with a doctor, and be, that does um, gastric bypass surgery type thing, but he won't he won't go through with the surgery until you've proved that like you've learned about your relationship with food and why you're eating that way, why you're eating six pizzas in one sitting, you know, and. Yeah and lose weight on your own to get to the point to where it will actually be effective and help you to like lead a healthier life. And it's just, it was really, it's been, and every person was similar, but also like super different. Um, but some of them are like, there's a couple of them that were really scary. Like they, they, it caused, I don't know if it caused mental health issues almost, but man, they were like, Oof, it was it was scary. And or like, the mental health issues caused that, right? Yeah, it could go yeah, either yeah. way, really. Yeah, but they were like manipulating the people in their lives. Oh yeah, um, super messed up. Yeah, it was crazy. Have you guys ever like been trying to sleep and felt like you need to eat to get to sleep, and then you go eat something and then you have the best sleep of your life, like eat yourself to sleep? I never do that. that. I just like if I've I, done that. Like I'll be laying in bed and just be like so hungry and can't sleep unless I go eat something. Mine's more like it's just that hollow feeling, like at three a.m., like yeah. I got to eat a piece of bread or something, and then yeah. it goes away, and I can fall asleep. But if you don't, you just stay up, right? Have you ever had that? Yeah, like wake it wakes me up, and then I'm up for that, a couple hours. That's kind of what I mean. Yeah, I don't think I've ever you had that, that happen to me. If I've it, I've had it happen, but I typically it'll be when I'm like falling asleep, and I'll think to myself, and I never eat breakfast, but I'll like trick myself and say, oh, if I just fall asleep i'll eat in the morning and it'll be fine so usually i'm able to wrestle with it long enough that i fall asleep that i trick myself into sleeping and 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 move past it but um i don't usually give in and go and eat anything oh yeah i give in every time i go eat a huge meal and then i'm "Mm, ready for bed (laughs) i actually discovered it when we had young kids for the first time because that's really the only time i was ever like Oh yeah, woken like, up woken every up in two the middle hours of the night, and then it's just like shout out to Griffin. It <laughs> wakes me up every single two hours, yeah. mostly mom, but I'm there. And you, but you're like, I, I, I try to go back <laughs> to sleep, and I literally can't until I go eat something because my stomach's just like, 
you know, like, oh my gosh. Yeah. It's like, mine's, it's weird. I don't like it. You know, I, maybe I haven't experienced this because I have really weird sleep patterns anyway. Like I've never been able to sleep right. So I'm usually up anyway. I just eat when I'm hungry. I don't know. I guess I just don't run into that. Hmm. Yeah, I oh. call it the hollows. In the the middle, hollows? In the middle of the night, yeah. I got the hollows. <laughs> I like that. I like that. There's some quick carbs. Bowl of cereal. It goes away. There's a comedian that does a bit about you're not supposed to eat right before you go to bed, but have you ever gone to bed right after you eat a huge meal because it's the best? <laughs> I think it's Dan Soder. Is that his name? Yeah. Yeah. Pretty funny. But <laughs> Do you have like weird dreams from the food? I have had no. specifically weird dreams from spicy food. Really? Oh, hmm. yeah. I don't think I have. Oh, the dreams that I have, they almost never veer into nightmares, which selfishly I would like to believe is a commentary on my potential mental health. Like, I'm actually in an okay place. There you go. They don't ever veer that way, but, man, the dreams that I have after I have spicy food, it's wild. I'm talking flying. I'm talking. It's, it's just crazy. Crazy times. I don't really have dreams much, uh, probably because of my weird sleeping patterns or whatever. But I thought as a kid it was going to be a lot bigger problem from, I think, from a Christmas Carol, maybe. Mm-hmm. Like Scrooge is like, well, you're just you're just cheese that I didn't digest yet or whatever he says. And I'm like, is that how that happens? I feel like I almost never remember my dreams unless I do eat a spicy dinner, which is weird. Like, oh, I'm gonna have a, you get excited for it after <laughs> yeah, you eat sometime, spicy food? <laughs> yeah, if I if I if I realize what I'm doing, I'm like, oh, what's gonna happen tonight? I'm excited to see. Now, this is, I would call it a side quest for the chemicals, but I'm definitely interested in looking into what chemicals are released from those specific foods. Mm, yes, yeah. maybe we can narrow that down. Maybe we can help ourselves dream better. I don't know. Yeah, that'd be cool. <clears throat> Wouldn't it be cool if you could? intentionally eat something and i'm not talking like a psychedelic right but if you could intentionally imbibe some sort of food that you knew was going to take you on a journey in your sleep i think that'd be awesome yeah people yeah, are magic like, mushrooms why are you do that really why? good right? yeah i'm not talking about psilocybin either i'm just just straight up regular food diet yeah like mac and cheese yeah like <laughs> oh mac and cheese gets me gone <laughs> <laughs> the dreams i'm gonna have tonight It'd be this, weird if it was a just a strange combination of food and people are judging you. Like, you're eating chicken and marshmallows? Like, yeah. trust me, it's not for now. It's for yeah. later. Don't worry about it. Yeah. <laughs> that's, <laughs> that's for tonight. <laughs> this, is, this is personal. I heard this weird thing about lion's mane mushrooms that help uh, you have better memory. I, so that's kind of like releases chemicals to build, like, n- neural connections in your brain to help you memorize stuff lion's mane yeah lion's mane i've heard a lot of good things about lion's mane yeah so was i so have i you say it was a type of mushroom yeah Mm -hmm. it's a type of mushroom never heard of it mushrooms are like all the craze right now people like oh for your brain yeah the study they did on rats i heard about was um so they gave right they gave one group of rats lion's mane and the other not and then they give them like two different objects and more often the 
rat with the lion's mane would go to a new object than an object they had previously seen before, meaning that they had likely remembered the previously seen object, but the rat that didn't get the lion's mane just went back to the same object that they had already seen once before. Interesting. Hmm. Did so you watch like that a memory kind documentary of on mushrooms? Yeah. It was cool. It was cool. They talked about that in there. Did you guys watch that? Nah. <laughs> Obviously, no from me. <laughs> well, that's a no from me. So, yeah, but, so what what we're going to talk about is like, when, I'm talking about comfort food. That's my thing. And I'll overeat on right. comfort food and cookies like all day long. And I think it's like serotonin or something that's released that provides yeah. that short-term like relief mm -hmm. almost. Right. So I want to look at the foods that release all the different chem. I don't know what they all are. There's right. serotonin, there's oxytocin, uh, epinephrine. I don't know. I looked up a few, but I don't remember. Ibuprofen. And then what they all do. <laughs> What's the one that's <laughs> like the, it's like serotonin, but it's, man, I wish we had like a, like a tryptophan like a science, <laughs> like a science student here that would know some of this stuff. Like I don't know, you know? Stuff. I'm not a chemist. Though. What? I don't want no, PhD. Like, do we have a PhD no, student in th the house? There's like, <laughs> there's serotonin. Oh, masters of ecology. Okay. You want to talk about populations? It's, I know all it's about the that. one that's, it's tied to, it's the one that gets released with drugs and stuff. It's the short term reward one. I can't remember what it's called though. I don't know. Yeah. Serotonin. No, serotonin is like oxycodone. Good one. Oxycodone isn't. We don't naturally make that. I think. <laughs> I'm gonna just look it up. You know, as we've been sorry. talking about this, we started talking about feelings with food. I didn't realize it was going to evolve for me at least. The idea of the the way the conversation's going is that like my relationship with food. Dopamine. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah. Dopamine. Hey, obviously. A... Now that you said it, it's like duh. Yeah, sorry like for all the listeners that were screaming at their <laughs> like console in their car. We heard you. Yeah, I appreciate you. We just couldn't make out what you were saying. Scream yeah, louder! It, it, it seems Booty like it. How dare you? As loud as you can. Yeah. Tell your neighbors. Um, it feels like this is sort of devolving into a conversation about relationship, like personal relationship with food. Yep. Yeah, but not our. But broad enough that it's applicable to multiple. Yeah, people. like like how it can affect everyone. Right. But the stories that we're all sharing individually, it seems very specifically that it is, um, like a window into our personal relationship with food. Um, but I I'm excited to delve into why. Um, you know, what are these things? These chemicals? These things in our brains that are being released to give us these ideas? Yeah. And I'm interested in, I'm interested in the chemicals that might be released from stuff that's not releasing the good chemicals. Certainly, like want to look into that, but also just understanding what the chemicals do and better food sources for them, so that if I'm looking for a specific feeling, well, maybe I, I don't know what would have caused it or whatever, but it, when it's that I want to eat because not because I'm hungry. Like, what's the best option for in that scenario? Yeah, finding, wanna... finding the least destructive path to that uh, reward. Yeah, I, I I don't understand. A, I think this is, you know, Noom is that thing. Mm -hmm. It's a, a diet plan, whatever, that's really tied to your relationship yeah. with food. and Changing what. your mindset. And it, this is, I'm kind of looking at this almost as like a, a cheat around that like let's not fix the problem let's just circumnavigate the problem and get like put different stuff in the hole 
Does that make sense? <laughs> I mean, that's, that is classic us all over. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I mean, we'll dive into that a little bit too, but uh, we're not psychologists by any means, but we can look up what chemicals are released by certain foods and recommend that. Yeah. So that's, that's a big part of it. But yeah, I think that a good encapsulation of this is our relationships with food. Just the, the human relationship with food outside of necessity. Yeah. And whatever utility. I don't know exactly about this, but I wonder how much it varies from person to person. Like, I bet there's not like this food will always release this chemical. Like it's like this food will release this chemical for these people because they have some sort of association with it that allows that chemical to be released. So it's like the foods that make you happy are make you happy because of your relationships or like your memories to them, your relationships with them, not because of what they are as a food. I think that that idea right there is exactly why it's so difficult to pinpoint these kind of things in like official academic yeah. studies and stuff like that because it is so varied. I I think you're right in the in the way that we all eat just doing it like cuz it is based on what's personal to us, right? Todd's comfort food's not my comfort food's not your comfort food. But there are specific foods that do release specific chemicals like that's why when you like not everyone gets what they're looking for when they eat you know what i'm saying because yeah. they're not they're not eating the right food for what they're trying to accomplish mm, okay i see what you're um, saying now. and there's a hundred percent there's the psychological side of it that's like if i eat a you know a cupcake or whatever it's filling a need that's not me being hungry and it's mental but there is something I could eat that would fill that need that would be a lot healthier. Like there are specific things and there may be people that they don't work with, but a lot of what we've run into with this, like sour releases serotonin, you know? Uh, and I don't, I know we talked about it. We were eating all kinds of different sour things, including like sour Skittles and th foods that are naturally sour, but there are, I'm obviously talking about more like whole natural foods that would do it, I guess, is what I, I'm looking for the healthiest option. I, does that make sense? Yeah. Like, I, I think, think I think you're right. I think psychologically you can replace that with anything like that. Like that's a open void to be filled with anything. Just it's up to your own mindset to have to like yeah. choose those healthier things. Right. Right. But if you if you can get what you're looking for from a cupcake or a carrot, but you have never eaten a carrot and yeah. you know cupcakes does it, you're going to eat those. Like, and it might not be the same thing. Like maybe one releases the short-term reward. Like I'm sure dopamine is heavily tied to sugar. I would oh, just have yeah. to guess. Um, so what's a better option to give you the feeling you're looking for, uh, the better version of that feeling even, you know what I'm saying? Okay. Like, I no, don't give me the short-term reward. What's something I can do to sustain this, to, to maintain the buzz, if you will. <laughs> Does that make sense? Yeah. Okay. Uh, yeah, I don't know the answer to that. Maybe there is something. Maybe there's not. Maybe we don't know enough about it. Yet. Well, I still think on top know. of this, it's it's a it's a cycle. Like for me, I've I'm, I'm, I've always wondered, and I know we've kind of looked into it a little bit with like the food sensitivity tests and mm. things, but I feel like the, the I'm eating because I feel this way. And what I'm eating is making me feel that way. Right. Like it's a totally it's cyclic. A, yeah, it's, like, it's a cycle. 
I think that we're touching on two different things. Yeah, that's different. Yeah, but... the physical thing and the psychological thing. But that's but that's they tie together because you start somewhere. It's kind of a chicken and egg thing, right? Like, yeah. At some point, you had just the feeling, and there wasn't a yeah, food like chemical. you build food associations psychologically eventually, but like physical reactions to eating some things, that's more closer to the base. I think. What I'm, I think they are two different things, but. I think one is the way that I am naturally and one's the way I want to be. And like, you have to get to this understanding better to avoid eating the way that I eat. Mm. So I kind of want to understand both. So one of the things that I want to do is just think about these questions for the next, however long till we record the main course of what food, what, what are you feeling when you eat? Is it when it's not hunger? Pay attention to that. Mm. What do you go for in that scenario? And what are the short-term effects of that? And what are the long-term effects of that? Because, yeah, the comfort food thing, like you said, yeah, it fills the need that day, but maybe later that night, maybe the next day, whatever, you're going to be like, I shouldn't have eaten all that. I feel like crap. I mean, not always, but there's a lot of times where at the end of, I don't even realize I was eating because I was upset about something until I'm done and don't feel upset. And then I realize how full and disgusting I feel and I'm upset again, you know, which is not the exact same thing. You're talking more about like effects in your like brain fog, inflammation, that kind of stuff. Yes, right? exactly. Yeah. But I think it's both. Like you were saying, they're kind of two different things, but they're tied together. So that's that's kind of what I want us to think about. I want to look into a sp- specific foods that will release specific ones and also talk about the specific chemicals, what they do and, you know, that kind of stuff. But I want us to kind of come back with uh, maybe a little bit better understanding of why we're eating what we're eating. If uh, Would you guys be up for that? Tracking how you're feeling when you're eating and stuff like that? Is that weird of me to ask? No. And it's something that I think everybody could be more mindful of. Um and something that I never, ever think about. So, I mean, I, I can try. Okay. Well, I mean, we'll, we'll science it up for sure, but that's the, I guess, the interactive part for that. So just kind of pay attention to it a little bit. Maybe it will, maybe we'll learn some stuff about ourselves. Yeah, but. I'm in because I'm consistently thinking about it and trying to be better. So. All right. Sounds good. Well, we will be back in a moment. Maybe Gavin will be here. Maybe not. It's a roll of the dice, but we will definitely have a word from our sponsors before then. This podcast was made possible by Hey Grill Hey. The new Hey Grill Hey app has been designed from the ground up to make things as easy on you as possible to get grilling and creating delicious dishes your friends and family can enjoy with features including one-tap shopping lists that will also add it directly to your meal planner, easily make additions to your shopping list to keep everything you need in one place, share your list with your partner or friend, and check things off as you go so you know you aren't forgetting anything. On top of all that, there are features that allow you to make your own notes about each recipe, available step-by-step video instructions from Susie Bullock herself, add recipes to your favorites list, and easily share new favorites with friends. Don't be afraid to get out there and try something new. Use the Hey Grill Hey app to help you become a backyard barbecue hero today. Do not disturb. 
Day and day. Oi. Oi. <laughs> hey, if you guys just, we just came back from our break, so it's okay. If you guys start doing like international stuff, you got to change the hey part to whatever's colloquial to the area. Like, oi, grill, oi. <laughs> <laughs> howdy, grill, howdy. I like this. We should do this. All right. Welcome back to Foodie It. Hey. Hi. Thank you. <laughs> yes. Welcome back, Tenny. I'm glad to be back. It was, a, it was a short break. We just finished talking about feelings. We kicked Gavin out. He's gone. He gone. We had like three episodes recently where Gavin was just kind of here for the Part beginning. Part of the appetizer, yeah. He was like our listeners. He was here for the appetizer. <laughs> <laughs> the gavitizer? <laughs> ah, I like that. Okay, so we were talking, we were just asking a lot of stuff about like uh, our relationships with food, the chemicals that get released when you eat food, so on and so forth. What did I just do? I don't know how to use this computer. So we were going to kind of pay attention to what we ate a little bit, what we were feeling when we ate, how it made us feel short term, long term, uh, a little bit. But if you guys did as good of a job of that as I did, then we don't have a ton to talk about there. Did you do that at all? Either of you? Yeah. Uh, for the first time in my life, I uh, legitimately gained noticeable holiday weight. <laughs> so, I mean, I noticed some things about my relationship with food and that it slid completely off the rails for the last couple of months. So I did notice that. Yeah, I had the same problem with the holiday weight thing. I, I was doing a pretty good job of tracking this even before this, and then I kind of... Yeah, the last couple months have just been a mess. Too much food. So I, I'd been doing really well before the holidays with what I was eating. Not like I'm not, I wasn't on a diet. I was just trying to eat like within macros, you know, like mm -hmm. specific amounts of protein and whatnot. Um, and then during the holidays... I uh, kind of let go a little bit, and interestingly enough, there was a period of time for about five days straight I had a headache every day, and I hadn't had a headache in months, mm. so that was my... I had the same issue, uh, and I pretty much know what it was, because what changed was I was eating cookies and drinking regular soda, so sugar. Sugar! Sugar! Freaking sugar, man. It's the worst. It's the culprit. It is. Okay. But my instant feelings when I eat sugar is so happy. Yeah. I love it. Well, we'll get into more of all of that in a little bit. We're going to go through quickly the chemicals that we were going to talk about, um, just kind of what they're responsible for, and then what foods you can eat to increase those. And also... Briefly, some other things you can do to increase them. So the first one is serotonin. Do you guys know what serotonin does? I didn't know exactly. I know it was like it was a good thing, but I didn't know exactly what it did. So it's a chemical that like makes you like feel happy and positive. So it helps those synapses fire. Is that what it does? It's it helps with that. Yeah, but it's not specifically for happiness. It's just a mood stabilizing right. hormone. So. Um, it, this w one was super interesting to me. It goes through five stages. So it's actually, it starts when you eat tryptophan, it then becomes, uh, five HTP, which is just, uh, five hydrotryptophan. Then it becomes serotonin. 
Then it becomes another thing I don't remember, which is another blah, 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 tryptophan word. And then it becomes melatonin. So tryptophan does make you sleepy or helps you sleep well. It just goes on a long journey. Yeah, but so serotonin is, that's it's part of the tryptophan melatonin process. Is that why people take 5-HTP to like, you're getting something right before it develops into serotonin to help with that? Mm-hmm. Hmm, so I have... The first time I was ever introduced to HTP plus five HTP or whatever, um, I the first I remember the first night I took it, I was driving in the snow up into the mountains and it was a very stressful, scary drive. When usually I'm like white knuckles and I have a knot in my stomach, I noticed as soon as the knot in my stomach tr- tried to creep up, it was instantly gone, and I just felt at peace and happy about <laughs> what was going on. And I'm like, this stuff's like magic. <laughs> and then, you know, so I took it quite often for a few weeks, and I had the feelings, but then they slowly just started, like, my body's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. We, we know how to fight this now. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> the anxiety will win. Yes. <laughs> So it was kind of like this, it worked and then my body got used to it kind of a thing. Hmm. That's cool. Interesting. Um, so 95% of it, serotonin is actually produced in your GI tract. It's not a chemical that comes from your brain. It comes from your gut. Um, and it does things in your body besides being, you know, mood regulation, but to actually get into your brain and affect your mood regulation. Uh, we have a what's called a blood-brain barrier. I had no idea what this was, but it's just like blood vessels and tissues that stop harmful things from entering into your brain. Um, and as a result of that, a lot of these things can't get in there on their own. Uh, so this is food-related, um, so I wanted to include it. Um, well, let me find it here. You want to eat foods that have carbohydrates with a low glycemic index, like oatmeal, brown rice, and wheat bread. If you eat those, it opens up the pathways for your brain to actually use the serotonin. So if you're not eating the right diet, not only will you not produce the chemicals to make you happy, but you can't receive those chemicals unless you're eating the right food as well. Um, yeah. So, uh, it And it talked a lot about – we'll get into that part later. Sorry. Um, so the foods that increase it are just foods that are high in tryptophan. Turkey, chicken's actually way higher in tryptophan than turkey is, but most proteins are high in tryptophan. Including beans? Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, and then some of the other things that help increase the serotonin production, um, vitamin D, which you can get through your diet, but literally every single one of these chemicals and most of the things I watched, listened to, read, talked about this, like you should go outside in the sun f- twice for 30 minutes a day and it helps you sleep better, all kinds of stuff. Uh, apparently our relationship with sunlight is the single biggest driver of our bodies being in tune with our circadian rhythms. So actually sleeping when we're supposed to. So not, I mean, that's... I don't know. I don't go outside a lot and I have a hard time sleeping. So that there's probably, I can definitely see that. I mean, yeah, that adds up. (laughs) Um, It's been very gloomy the last few weeks and I've noticed a change in my demeanor. Yeah. I miss the sun. (laughs) I'm, I I miss it even when I don't go outside, but it's weird too. Cause I like rainy days, but I feel it. It's been so long for me. I don't miss it at all. Like what's the sun? I don't remember what it's like. Uh, 
Massages are good. It actually said there was a study done where pregnant women were massaged twice a week for four months, and they had a 30% increase in serotonin production, which is, that's nuts. Cool. Um, meditation, uh, thinking about happy memories, and then better quality of sleep. There's a lot of this tied to sleep, too. But um, And then exercise. They said that walking just 10 to 15 minutes a day will give you a serotonin boost that lasts for hours. So I think it probably would help with like brain fog too. If, or if you're like overwhelmed or you can't like think clearly come up with the right words during a podcast, you know? Yeah. Then I, I think it would help with that too. Yeah. Just the way that I, cause just like picture the way it makes you feel. You feel like, Oh, like you're clear headed and you can easily make decisions. Are you trying to tell me I should go for a walk real quick? No, I was talking about me. <laughs> oh, okay. I couldn't formulate a sentence. <laughs> I was following you. Okay, the next one's oxytocin. This is the love and confidence chemical. Oxycontin? Oxytocin. Oh, okay. Well, that's different. Did I say oxycontin? No. no. Oh, that's what I heard. All right. So uh, this one I thought was super interesting. This, some of this is not food related, but I just thought it was cool. This is the chemical that induces labor. Pitocin? Oxytocin. Oh. And it, if it doesn't, what they use to induce labor is a synthetic oxytocin. Um, and it, there's such a heavy oxytocin flow during childbirth that scientists explain the, this as the reason that mothers are so bonded to their children at, because when they first meet them, it's like the highest dosage of oxytocin that any human will ever be on. Cool. So yeah, pretty nuts. Anyway, foods that help increase that are foods, again, containing vitamin D, vitamin C, magnesium, and dietary fats. So, and again, more sunlight. Fatty fish. <laughs> I just think that's funny. <laughs> hey, fatty fish. <laughs> it uh, is funny. Mushrooms, peppers, tomatoes, spinach, avocados. Um, other things that increase it are soothing music. Uh, it said sincere listening. Not being listened to, but listening to. So listeners, if you're doing a good, your job... <laughs> your oxytocin is going to go through the roof. How's that oxytocin hit treating you? <laughs> yeah, you're welcome. <laughs> <laughs> Little oxy tea for you. Anyway, um, again, meditation. Um, and they said a specific kind, meta, meta meditation, which is uh, thinking about Mark loving other people, your love for other people while breathing in for eight seconds and out for eight seconds for about 10 minutes in the morning. It like will really boost your oxytocin. Um, doing adventurous activities, laughter, literally using the L word again, massages, massages, petting dogs, giving gifts. It's literally any way you normally would express love, boost your oxytocin. And more so on the giving love end, receiving too, but m more, you get more of a boost. Like it's literally better to give than to receive. So when you when it comes to oxytocin, so when you like help someone, just some random person out in the public, and you get those feel goods, yeah, that's oxytocin. Yeah, cool. Yeah, when you like the thing. Well, I don't get into that. Never mind. <laughs> we'll get we'll get in trouble for what I was gonna say. <laughs> um, and this one was really cool too because it was they, again it was about you, not about like it's not about trusting other people that will do nothing for your oxytocin, but being trustworthy, being trusted by people, not just like I'm a good person and I won't lie, like people confiding in you boost your oxytocin. 
which I think probably ties back to being a good, like a good sincere listener. Cause they're probably telling you stuff they don't want people to know about, you know? So I thought that was cool. And then dopamine is the reward chemical. This is the one that most drugs and stuff like that are tied to cause it's the immediate reward thing. And it also, uh, it gets released when you're doing anything you enjoy. It doesn't matter what food you're eating. You're going to get a dopamine hit if you enjoy, like, unless you're eating food you hate, like, you're at a potluck and you saw who brought it and you're like, uh-uh, and you have to, you know what I mean? Then you might not get it, but just in general, the, anything you enjoy will release dopamine. And it makes, it makes you, it gives you a feeling of well-being and it motivates you to want to continue doing things that you enjoy. That's where you get caught in the loop with drugs and stuff because it makes you feel good and it makes you want to seek out feeling good. And you're like, well, that just made me feel good. Let's do more of that. So Is that why they call it dope back in the day? Maybe. I don't know. I didn't get that far. Um, Could have been. And this is not the time for questions, Todd. <laughs> I'm just kidding. But it, yeah, probably. I don't know. Anywhere in your research, did you come across <laughs> the answer to this question? But like, I think about that with everything. If it, Overeating, even good things that people become addicted to, like exercise, anything. Like, I don't think... I'm sure there are, and I don't want to get any flack, so I'm not trying to like downplay anyone's condition, but I just feel like we're all addicts, and to a degree, and not. I'm sure there are things that you specifically carry a gene, like you're more predisposed to like drink alcohol or whatever. But even the healthiest people are addicts; they're addicted to being healthy. You know, like we all, and that's a good thing when it's a good thing you're addicted to, but. I don't, I think we're all pretty much dealing with the same stuff. Some of us just have different paths that we deal with it with. Does that make sense at all? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Probably not true or scientifically backed. That's just my, my gut feeling about all this. Anyway, um, foods that increase dopamine are yogurt, uh, beans, eggs, lean meats, almonds, and other things that it can increase that. Again, um, getting massages. It turns out massages. I feel like if you're in a position to regularly get massages, like you probably just have a good life, you know? <laughs> so they're like, oh man, these guys have all these great kids. Yeah, like their life's good <laughs> like already. Some of these I think are, we're putting the cart before the horse a little bit, but, <laughs> but massages shows up a lot. Um, completing, like getting things done, celebrating wins, um, listening to inspiring music, exercising, stuff like that. And then endorphins is the painkiller chemical. So this is what like helps you fight through the pain to get a task accomplished, keep playing in a game if you're an athlete, which I'm not, but I've heard stories of this. <laughs> <laughs> Seen lots of, lots of inspiring Disney movies where someone fought through the pain, you know. Um, and it doesn't actually get rid of the pain. Uh, it just masks it so that we can get through it. Um, and it also, not just physical pain, but like mental stress and stuff like that as well. Uh, foods that increase it, spicy foods, it's, uh, capsaicin heavy foods. So, you know, Mike's probably a real happy guy. Um, seems to be. And the reason is, is not it because the body knows that that heat isn't natural. So, so it releases endorphins to like, that's why when you eat, you don't get accustomed to it like we were talking about. After a little bit, your body's just like, look, we're an endorphining the crap out of you. You're, we're not, we can't keep feeling this. <laughs> I was like, that's, that's pretty interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, dark chocolate. 
I can never say this. What's the cocoa word that's not cocoa? Cocoa. Cocoa. But that doesn't make sense. Cause cacao. Cacao, yeah. <laughs> Leafy greens, strawberries, avocados, nuts, and seeds. Um, and other things, laughing, exercise, and sex. So... <laughs> No hope for us. <laughs> no. And then the last one, I should have written down the chemical name, but I couldn't have said it anyway. It's G-A-B-A. I just call it Yo Gabba Gabba. Yeah, that's exactly the um, thought that came into my head. This is the calming chemical, also primarily produced by your gut. Um, and it sounds a lot like endorphins, but it's primarily for your mental stress, anxieties, fears, kind of what you were talking about experiencing, just like anxiety while driving this quells that type of stuff so that you can deal with it um foods that increase that are fermented foods so like yogurts kombucha kimchi sauerkraut all that kind of stuff brown rice spinach beans oranges almonds so or all i was going to tell you to track what i say every time because i didn't really put that in there but you know listen just listen to the podcast take some notes or something i don't know not you them um, yeah. Yo Gabba Gabba. And foods that contain probiotics, um, such again as yogurt, kimchi, sauerkraut, stuff like that, will help with the reception and production of all of these things. Sorry, that's the sciencey part of it, and we'll kind of get out of that. So, a good source of GABA mm-hmm. is yogurt. Yogurt. Yeah, yeah. Yo Gabba Gabba. Yeah. Nailed it, Todd. Thank you. Thanks for landing that plane for us. <laughs> but, um, and then it said foods to avoid. Because they don't produce these chemicals, can actively block these chemicals, oh. or produce unwanted chemicals. Please read a list of foods that I eat regularly. <laughs> yeah. Oh, no, no. Yeah, I was like sad while I was typing <laughs> this. Simple carbs, like most chocolate, so pretty much other than dark chocolate. Uh, general sweets, baked goods and pastries, uh, high sugary drinks. Because they mess with your blood sugar levels, which affects your insulin production. It increases anxiety and depression. Um, and obviously, you know, we already said screws with your weight. Caffeinated drinks like tea, coffee, and soda can do the same thing. And alcohol, uh, for many of those things, but it also heavily affects our REM sleep. Um, and as little as one beer or one glass of wine can screw up your, your REM sleep. And, you know, we talked in the, uh, time restricted eating episode about how important sleep is like the relationship between eating and sleep. So I think it's pretty interesting. Huh? Um, seems like alcohol is pretty bad. Yeah. That's <laughs> the general consensus. I, some people disagree, but, <laughs> um, I mean, it's good, but it's not like good and not, not, I kind of, we talked about like how these things make us feel short term, long term and everything. And what I did kind of think and was backed up by a lot of the stuff that I read is things like this, like, you know, your comfort foods that are starchy carbs, stuff like that, junk food, all those things. We talked about eating like when Susie's gone or whatever, or Aubrey's gone, just those things we gravitate to when we're feeling Monday. these bad feelings, anxiety, depression, what? whatever. I said Monday. Monday. <laughs> um, <laughs> Monday. Yeah. Mondays in general, they're rough. Um, that they like sugar, like you said, I feel great right after like, yeah, it, absolutely does that but it's a very short-term solution and ultimately it will actually increase the bad feelings that made you want to eat something in the first place why did you bring me a candy bar tonight then when i asked for it you're supposed to say no well, Todd. you asked for it i brought us I, I brought me one too oh, I was, okay <laughs> sorry um but yeah uh well there's one more thing i was gonna talk about here oh yeah 
I kind of skipped past that. No, I, I said that part. But yeah, that's the long and the short of that is that it will actually do that. It will open up those gates so that you can fill all these chemicals, but it's such a short-term gain with long-term problems. It's not worth it to, to me. I and mean, what, I, it is to me because I do it. But. And what were you saying? Because it's like, so when you eat that junk, it just creates the pathway for you to want it again. Like yeah. You said something like that, right? Well, when you have like the dopamine triggered, yeah. Yeah. But just in general, um, so yeah, you'll get caught in that cycle. But it even if you don't go back and immediately get more, it it will increase the negative feelings you were feeling in the first place. Because it's all like we don't just, I mean, we do have negative thoughts and everything, but we're just a bag of chemicals and bones, you know, like. You, Speak for yourself. You're not like, I'm going to be anxious now. There's something going on in you. And if you don't actually fix it, what you, you know, you may, you're kind of just throwing gas on the fire to some degree. So, yeah. Um, and I then feel that. <laughs> I feel like we'll get into this one pretty deeply. We were asking about like knowing what they know, like how do companies capitalize on our emotions to sell us food, you know? Mm-hmm. And it was scary. Yeah, I mean, I knew anyway, but so this report's a little bit old, but it was the most recent one I could find. I When I saw it, I tried to find a more recent one, but it's, of, it's as of 2008. So these numbers may have changed a little, but I'm guessing probably just got even more skewed. Yeah, not in a good way. So how much money do you think is spent on marketing for healthy foods in the U.S. in a year? As of 2008, would you guess? 50 bucks. <laughs> 50 billion dollars it's too healthy food no way we'll split the difference it's 280 million okay. that's what gets spent on average per year in the u.s oh, within the last decade or the so. number you're about to ask has got to be in the billies how much it's 1.7 billion <laughs> annually <laughs> for unhealthy foods so i mean <laughs> i don't even it's I it's crazy. I can't complain because a chunk of that's going in my pocket as a person who has advertising on their website. Yeah. I know, but a chunk of it's going in your belly. And, yeah. You know. Staying with me forever. Um, but the, I, I read a really cool article on this and I don't, I want to say what it was because I really liked it. Um, oh, it was on medium.com. And then I also watched a video on YouTube, but I don't think I put that link in here yet. I didn't yet. I'll get it. But they were just talking about the different ways that advertisers uh, capitalize on these things. And it's, it's insane. So to begin with, uh, like, I guess, how don't they try to manipulate us? You know what I mean? Um, when we talked about all the, the things that actually produce these happy chemicals, like being with your friends, expressing love, all the things you see people doing in a beer commercial or a McDonald's commercial, right? Like I've never gone to McDonald's with the number of people that go to McDonald's in a commercial. It's like a whole group of friends that are like celebrating something like no one's going to McDonald's to celebrate with their friends. I don't know. They just, they, they play on all of these things that we tie to good things, but they're not like, they're just like, you're going to have, you come here, you're going to meet a hot lady. You're going to have a good time. You know, you're going to be Michael Jordan. That was a, like Michael Jordan used to be in those commercials and he was not eating there. And we're all just sitting at home. Like maybe not at mine at McDonald's, but I'm sure at other McDonald's, that's the case. Yeah. 
At my McDonald's, it's great. <laughs> We're making excuses for them. <laughs> um, so yeah, and like again, like soothing music and inspiring music release different chemicals that make us happy. And that I mean, every commercial uses music to play with your emotions. Movies do that. It's not. It's not like a secret that we can be easy. Our emotions can be easy, easily manipulated. Um, they also, uh, let's see here. Obviously, make they make pr- empty promises about fulfilling needs. Again, it same type of thing. Not directly. Like if you come eat this burger, you're gonna be. Blah, I I shouldn't have said McDonald's so much, but whatever. They're never gonna sponsor us, right? <laughs> so it's okay that I said them directly. Is that okay? I mean, I feel like if we get to a point where we're we have McDonald's level sponsor options, we'll be okay without. I, I will just delete us. this episode. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> we'll sell out real quick. Yeah. That. No, but you know, just those commercials, they 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 throw out these empty promises. Basically, um, they also, again, with the empty promises, they claim to be healthy. Like we've talked about this in other episodes, and I think we're actually going to do a specific one about food labeling, but. Most of the stickers that get put on food and products mean nothing. They're just jargon. Like, they're specific ones that get to be there if they're legitimate and backed by a government entity, right? You know, you're in the food space. Like, But tons of the labels that get thrown on things to mislead you are there to mislead you. Yeah, you can just put on a whole bunch of different stickers and then the important one gets lost in the shuffle. Yeah. Um. Yeah. And then also they just, they tie it into our habits. They create habits around their products. And I, I, I didn't think too much of this. I was like, eh. But they started talking about legitimately just slogans like, have you had your break today? You know, like take a break with Kit Kat or whatever. All these kinds of things. They, they, and then tying them to our holiday habits. Like, you know, we, we've done some holiday episodes and some different cuisine episodes. There's specific foods that are tied to specific holidays, right? But, like, Reese's Peanut Butter Cups is apparently associated with every holiday. Snickers is associated with every holiday. They just change the packaging to tie it to our traditions, you know? Yep. So, yeah, it's it's pretty easy for us to get manipulated. <laughs> um and then beyond, they, they do brand loyalty as well. But beyond that, like food is the, uh, oh, that was one of the things I forgot to mention that they said, you need to, you should plan your eating, like what you're going to eat, not just from a health standpoint or anything, but like when you go on vacation, you, you if you're like most people, you kind of eat new things, try different stuff, right? Which is good, and then when you eat those things later, you'll have memory. When you eat that food again, you'll think of that time. But they said, because I think smell is the strongest sense tied to memory, but all of your senses are tied to memory. And when you're eating, with the exception of maybe sound and that even a little bit, you're using all your senses. You look at your food, you taste it, you smell it, you have texture, right? Like, So food is the best one of the biggest things that triggers memories in general. And so in order to have a more healthy relationship with food, one, if you're just going to eat healthy anyway, if you eat healthy during those happy memories and eat the same food you're going to eat in your regular life, it will increase your happiness. (laughs) Which is because it's just going to trigger memories of happy times, you know? 
And just don't ever eat when you're like in a fight with your wife or something. Don't eat because then you'll think about that later when you're eating. <laughs> um, I don't fight with my wife. But, um, you know, just because of that, they are able to use because of all of our memories are tied to f- not all of our memories, but a lot of memories are tied to food. Them just triggering happy time memories is going to make us want food. It's crazy. But yeah. So anyway, and then we asked about appetites, uh, getting like we were, I think we we're talking about, we both said like sweet and sour pork kind of got ruined. Like we ate it when mm-hmm. we were sick. It's just like when you reheat something and it's Ugh. nasty and it kind of ruins the source food for you. Mine's cooked ground beef of any sort. <laughs> So I didn't find an exact answer for what I was looking for, but I did find something uh, that I liked even more, which was the the whole thing about all of our senses being tied to memory, so or all of our senses being tied to food and memory. So I thought that was just crazy. So plan plan what you're gonna eat. I mean, be adventurous on your vacation. I'm not telling you to like pack meals when you go to Hawaii or something, but. If you try to at least eat some of your meals while you're there, things that you're just going to eat in your everyday life, it will help you in your everyday life. If you want to be happy. I mean, that's not for everybody. (laughs) Um, Okay. And then uh, we were asking about what foods cause dreams. This is crazy. And I texted you guys the next day about this. We were talking about it and I, I hadn't dreamed in forever. And I went home that night. It was late. We usually finish pretty late. I ate some spicy food and I had a crazy dream. (laughs) And ever since then, I don't know if I was talking about dreams triggered it or what, but my body was like, oh yeah, dreams. I have had the weirdest dreams for the last (laughs) several weeks. It's wild. And I've even been doing it on purpose. Like I I had a break from work, like a long break in the middle of the day and I was going to take a nap. So I ate two hot and spicies from McDonald's (laughs) right before I went to sleep crazy dreams about mcdonald's <laughs> so anyway yeah, try this yeah um <laughs> but there's there's not like a specific diet regimen you can follow for good dreams i searched i couldn't find much if you find something listeners you know something let us know we're happy to know that i did find nightmare fuel and vivid dreams <laughs> so there's of course the good ones are hard to find right So if you want to have vivid dreams, cherries, nuts, cheese, bananas, and spicy foods and sunflower seeds will help you with that. If you want to have vivid, memorable dreams. If you want to have bad dreams, uh, pasta and bread, really any heavy carbs, um, meat. There's another one. uh, I'm going to skip that one for now. Spicy foods again. Um, There was a dream analyst. Her name was Lori Lowenberg that says that uh, spicy foods are nightmare gateways. <laughs> so, yeah. Uh, pickles, milk, sugar, sweets, candy, chocolate, and just greasy fast food in general. And then there's one, and then they said pizza, which I thought was funny because it's just bread. <laughs> greasy. And greasy and uh, meat usually. And then cheese. And cheese is so associated with bad dreams. The British cheese board which is which is a like a commission not like a, a like a, <laughs> not, a not a cheese tray with an accent the bcb yeah but they they it they cheese gets such a bad rap about bad dreams that they conducted a study to disprove this and clear the name of cheese and then refused to publish their findings <laughs> <laughs> so this cheese was, definitely causes was, nightmares that's the information that 
if I was a listener of the podcast instead of a host, but either way, that's that's why I'm here. Stuff like this, these little nuggets just it's my that's day. crazy. Like they were like, that's not we're gonna we gotta do something about this. Cheese is getting a bad rap, and then they were like, tell nobody what you found. <laughs> There's a report of them doing an investigation. <laughs> and then, well, what was the results? Don't worry about yeah. it. What, what, what investigation? What are you talking about? Oh, it's cheese, isn't it? <laughs> sure, I have no idea what you're talking about. <laughs> that was, mine was bad. Well, mine was probably pretty bad. So yeah, uh, I that's all well and good, but we all still struggle with this so much. Like it's frustrating, you know. I don't think there was any groundbreak. I mean, I know more about the individual chemicals than I did before, but I kind of knew that pizza was gonna make me unhealthy. You know, I don't know. I just, but I still eat it. Are there? I wonder if I know. This, I can't ask you questions. But no, you can't. Ask you questions. think about like appetite suppressors that people take, like in pill medicine form. I wonder what's in those. Like, is there a natural thing occurring that helps you not want to eat everything all the time? I wonder if it's just like straight dopamine so you don't need to eat because you're already getting that hit or something. It's like reverse psychology. It's definitely not that. Don't like quote me. That was just a thought. I'm about to overdose on some appetite suppressants. But like, I mean, it will kill you. <laughs> yeah. Like, it actually will. I just, it, I, I, some I, of them allegedly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I would like to think doing some of like learning some of this would help me be better, but I just, I'm kind of disc- maybe it's because I ate crappy tonight and the, you know, bad feelings about that are kicking in. But I just, I feel like it's, I feel like the deck's stacked against us to be healthy almost and be happy, you know, like the food were sold. It can't be much more to produce a healthy alternative. And they just like, there's no incentive to make us healthy. I don't know. It's kind of a depressing thought. Yeah. That's, yeah, that's really depressing. Like we, Hey, we know what uh, kind of food we should feed our population to make them happy. Uh, what's the profit margin on that? Yeah. But, it, and it's not even that, like, I don't want to, I think it's partially it's that. It's partially that, but I'm not <laughs> trying to come down on the government. It's, But it is ultimately on us. Like, we are a free country. Uh, there are healthy restaurants. There's just not nearly as many of them as there are, like... I bet if you put all the healthy restaurants together, there would be less of them collectively than there are McDonald's in the world. Absolutely. You know? And that's because that's what we... It's supply and demand. It's oh, what yeah. We I was not referring to the government. Right. I was talking to the people that feed us. Yeah. Well, us is the people that feed us. Yeah, no, I know, but you know. Yeah. I didn't want to say me. <laughs> the ones that manipulate and uh, spend $1.7 billion right. in marketing in 2008. Yeah. My train of thought just went down. Like, if the government <clears throat> made this decree and outlawed any kind of serving of or selling of any food anywhere that doesn't meet specific health requirements, that there would probably be a civil war. Oh, and stickers with people holding a Big Mac that said, come and take it. Yeah. <laughs> you, can have my, you can have my Big Mac when you pry it from my dead lifeless hands. <laughs> uh, that's true, though. Like, it, it just sucks to be at the point where, like, I want to do better. And it, I mean, when I say it's not, it would be just as cheap, like, I think to produce it on a large scale. Like, it's, it is more expensive to eat healthy, which is stupid. Uh, even someone made a joke about like organic stuff, like 
how much are these carrots? They're this much. Unless you don't want us to have done anything to them, then they're twice as much. <laughs> like it's less work. Why is it more money? It doesn't make sense. Like you didn't, if the, if you're just letting these chickens graze in a field, then no one had to pay for a facility, right? Like why, why are those eggs more expensive? It doesn't make sense. It's a grass fed chickens. Right. <laughs> That's why. Do you know how much it costs to get grass that will feed chickens? <laughs> <laughs> you guys, in my head, there was like a piece of grass, like <laughs> handing out food to chickens. That's, mm. you didn't follow me there. It's I okay. Did not. It's okay. But like, yeah, I don't know. I feel like, uh, I don't know. I'm just depressed at this point. <laughs> The thing, I mean, okay, over the last 12 to 18 months, all three of us have made strides in fitness and or diet and or weight loss. Until this last month. Right. <laughs> yeah. So I think that that's the, the worst thing about the last couple months is that for me personally, I was doing so well. I was doing so well. And now like... It's mostly like recurring bad feelings because I'm just eating bad food and I'm just in this spiral of like, like guilt and like, you know, you can do better and it's not that hard. And you were like thinking better, feeling better, like all these things. It's just terrible. Yeah. It sucks to slide into this hole and it's so hard to climb back out of. Yeah. And even stuff like what you were mentioning about like the sugar thing and how it makes you feel good for a minute, like it almost is like, you know, again, an addict thing where the effects are almost gone immediately at this point. Like I, I, and I knowingly do it. Like I'm going to eat this candy bar just to feel good for a few seconds and then it's over, but I, I still do it. I feel like the saying should be a moment on the hips, a lifetime of spiraling depression. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Right. <laughs> a lifetime on the mind at the very least. Yeah. Like, and it is because it's not just like there's all these chemical things going on. But then to add to that, when you're eating crappy to get the quick hits, then you also have long term feelings about the way your body looks and feels. You know, it's not just mental, like the physiological problems, like there's the mental part of like, man, I hate the way I look. And then there's the physical part of like inflammation and just carrying extra weight, all that stuff. Um, yeah. So it's not all doom and gloom, though. Uh Oh, save us. Yeah. No. Turn us back around. No, I'm just going to kind of summarize it. But like basically how you feel can affect how, when, and what you eat. It can, but it doesn't have to. But how, when, and what you eat will affect how you feel. Like the inverse is always true. Um, so just need to be smarter about it. Um, the things that we, as, like the universal we, but especially the me we that eats things like sweets and baked goods, comfort foods, you get that desired short-term effect, but it's, it's not long-term. It's going to, and again, it's going to increase those negative feelings. So what I would say is, and not just what I would say, what a lot of these experts said is stop and think about what you're doing. Just be mindful of it, which Denny talks about all the time. Like, and what, still fails that regularly. Yeah. And it's not just like, what am I feeling and what's the solution? Like, what's definitely not the solution? Because for me, eating an entire fun-sized bag of Snickers is what I might do if I'm depressed <laughs> or anxious. But if I stop and think like, 
is that going to fix anything? Like if I just stopped to think about what I was doing at all and had the like foresight to do that, I'd be like, no. And then I'm going to probably put on some weight I don't want. And I'm just going to be depressed again in a couple hours or a couple minutes or whatever. So as far as advice goes, that seemed to be the general consensus is most of us when it comes to snacking and things like that, just stop and think about why you're doing what you're doing and if it's actually going to help anything. Um, but the, the long and the short of it is just eating a healthier, well-balanced diet, exercising, getting the right amount of sleep and going outside once in a while is really the best for all of this. And just the smallest steps can make a big difference. Yeah. Well, and I think kind of what you were saying about like the last 18 months or so, it's definitely tied to how long, like us doing this pod for me, because yeah. it's hard. Even I joke about it. I'm kind of joking. I'm kind of not because I'm still going to shame eat and have the spiral of depression and whatever, but I'm more aware of it and I'm more equipped. I feel like to fight it now at least. Yeah. And it's also good to know that things snowball in a good way as well. Yeah. When you start doing like going out in the sun more, you'll start feeling better, which maybe you'll start sleeping better, which means you'll start feeling better, which means you'll have more energy and maybe you'll exercise a little bit and then you'll start doing all of these things and, and then you can really build on that. It's not just like the the inverse is also true yeah. with, the, with the, the, the food slide or like, you know. Yeah, there's like a happiness ascension or whatever. Yeah. In, in addition to the depression spiral. Yeah. I think the thing that humans struggle with the most, and this is, I'm saying this because this is how I am, is I feel like it's all or nothing. Like if I'm not, if I'm not eating healthy and working out on a regular basis, then I don't, I just slip into never working out and eating like the worst <laughs> uh-huh. I can. I have an idea of what you're talking about. <laughs> so I, I think, Something I, I I try to do is is like if I am in that slump, I will just find something simple. Like I just get a small plate of vegetables and that like I'll pull out some carrots and snap peas and some broccoli and just snack on that for a minute. And then I'll go out and just take a couple laps around the block, just go out on a walk. And it, it's just like, oh, I did something. And I, I instantly feel better. It's that dopamine. Yeah. You're rewarding yourself. So, and then that's, you can slowly like get yourself into a spiral upward. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. You, you just have to start doing something. Don't, you don't have to go to the gym twice a day tomorrow. Yeah. <laughs> like that can come in six months, but right now, like just try something, you know, we've, we've given you some good resources on specific things you can eat to boost specific things like just try that and just just do some stretches and go out for a walk and just see how you feel like test it out it can't hurt you yeah well it might hurt you but yeah it could but (laughs) probably probably not as much as what you're gonna do yeah if you need this which i do um but yeah just and and just before you do anything like i'm not saying that abstaining from binging on junk food when you're feeling anxious is going to solve the actual problem you're having, but it's not going to give you an additional problem. And if you give in to that urge, you're going to have several additional problems and probably amplify your original problems. So just like slow down a little bit. Um, but what you were saying made me think of, um, I don't even remember what it was. I saw something, it was probably a clickbait article about like weird gatekeeping or whatever. 
and someone had posted something like, I haven't smoked in two weeks. And then someone commented, I haven't smoked in 10 years. Like, don't be bragging about two weeks or you'll be right back on it or whatever. And, and it, that made me think of like, um, just like people in AA and stuff like that. Making fun of anybody at the gym. Yeah. Just yeah. like people are trying. Like, like oh, like, January first is coming up. Like can they're, we? they're in the gym. Yeah. yeah. Like cheer them up. Shut up. Yeah. yeah. Like help them out. Yeah. I just I feel that way with. I mean, I'm sure I've been one of the worst people at that in the past. Just like trying to make someone laugh or something, and not realizing I'm being a jerk. But like, <laughs> you know, like I've I've tried to get a lot better at that as I've gotten older. I think I'm more thoughtful than I used to be, and just like don't do that to people like whatever they're struggling with help them don't make fun of them because they've only been trying for a couple of weeks or whatever um and it, with your all or nothing thing like if you do slip up it's not all or nothing don't give up and just go down the rabbit hole of bad things you know i was working with a like a fitness coach for a few months a couple years ago and one thing he said is uh, people struggle with that all the time like you're in the you're in the wagon of working out and then there's a bump in the road and people fall out of the wagon and then they're just like, bye bye wagon. They're like, no, it's okay. Just like get back in the wagon and keep yeah. going. Like don't let a couple bad days of eating throw you off your track entirely. Just get back on it and keep going. Yeah. Cause uh, man, we sound real preachy, but I don't, I can't do that. I still struggle <laughs> with that. I fall off the wagon and I'm like, I'm just going to lay here for a few years. Yeah. No, I, I completely agree with everything you're saying. Maybe just, the wagon will come back around again. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, on the next lap, the world, the world's a globe. They'll be back eventually. <laughs> That's how that works, right? This is, the wagon goes all the way around the world. They'll be back. Anyway. All right. Anything else you guys want to talk about? I don't have anything else. I, I was going to go on about wagons, but I'm done. Oh, yeah. We should get a wagon. Forget wagons. <laughs> I feel like what? riding in a wagon is probably not the best for your health. Maybe just, maybe it's good that you fell out. Walk a little bit. I don't know. Yeah, yeah pull that wagon. Yeah, do some cardio and get back to the wagon. Yeah, yeah you just got to catch up. <laughs> All right. Uh, well, in the spirit of trying to increase my oxytocin, I love you guys. Aww. I'm so happy we do this. I love you listeners. I love you sponsors. <laughs> and we'll be back next week. Yes, definitely. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.